Hi guys, welcome to the Spoken Podcast. This is episode five. I'm Gareth and I'm here today with Kieran, one of our head hairdressing educators. Kieran, how are we, mate? Hi Gareth, good, thank you. <laughs> Get right. yourself nice and comfortable, mate. Get nice and relaxed, you know? I will. I First first time on a podcast. I so. was actually going to say that. Yeah. I was like, is this your first podcast? Yeah, great. it is. Well, this is my fifth and I'm still shitting bricks. So okay. it's great, right? As everyone knows, I love talking in front of a camera. Not. So I'm very much like, mum, we're both the same. We're like, I hate doing I was going to say, like you can put me in front of like as many people, people? if I'm like cutting um in a shop or in like a class or anything then as soon as you stick a camera in front yeah, of me it's like i start tensing up a little I know. bit which is, we'll just forget it's which there. is funny because the last like three weeks that's all we've been doing i know yeah is videoing and you can't you can't shut us up when we're like i know when the camera's not here it. well it's funny because pete who will edit this podcast will also edit our videos and i'm sure he'll just be like oh, okay. i should have just given you microphones because we talk so much today. totally all right so what we'll start off with um we'll do a bit of an icebreaker so we'll go through our top five songs so kieran's gonna go first and then i'm gonna do another top five as well like i do every week so go on kids okay easy just jotted these down earlier so rather than my first my favorite five songs of all time i've actually i've actually just gone through my spotify and looked at the pretty much the five songs that i've been playing on repeat lately so it's very eclectic um if you have a terrible taste in music, you probably have a bit in common with me with some of these songs. Um, so I'll start from number one, uh, Pure Morning by Placebo. So one of my favorites of all time. Uh, we've got Go Get a Tattoo by Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Nike's On by Healy. 10 Minutes by the Get Up Kids. And I threw a bit of trash in there with Billy from 6 9 <laughs> I threw a bit of trash in there. Just to spice things that. up a little bit. I love it. It's so funny, like, I think we're pretty similar with the music stuff. One day we'll come here and we'll be like, yeah, let's listen to this. And then yeah. the next day it's like, no, nah, nah, we're changing it up. And it'll just be like, yeah. people will walk in, the students will walk in and they're like, what's going on here? Like, why are we listening to this? And me and you are just like, yep. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is yeah. it. Yeah. Bit of 50 Cent sorry. the other day. I know. Oh, I got proper 50 Cent. <laughs> Hence my top five. I've been proper like R&B and rap at the moment i don't know why maybe it's just like a january thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. um all right so i've started off with jay-z big pimpin um i've got drake way too sexy which is pretty new um normally i'm not like in with the new stuff but drake stuff drake and Kanye at the moment have been pretty good so um i got ja rule living it up absolute classic um gin and juice by snoop dogg and then I've got Many Men by 50 Cent. Is that your phone? It's my alarm, yeah. <laughs> what to wake up? <laughs> I had a nap the other day and that's I said it before I was supposed to come here. This could stay in the podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> anyway, good times. All right, let's get into it. So, okay. kids, let's talk about, um, obviously, upbringing in Adelaide. Let's yes. talk about a bit of the, the childhood, Adelaide in general, your thoughts of it. Obviously, here on the coast now, um, and then kind of like your pathway into this lovely um absolutely education yeah i think that'll be it's it's a cool story because i guess like my childhood and kind of some of my experiences from early childhood into like teenage and early 20s all kind of led up to me being in the hair industry in the first place so it's kind of an interesting story i guess like 
grew up in suburbs in Adelaide, um, spent my whole life pretty much in Adelaide. Um, you know, only child was a pretty shy kid. Yep. Um, so pretty introverted, like in my younger years. Um, and throughout the course of like my hairdressing career, I've completely transcended that, which has been pretty interesting. Yeah. So I guess I took an interest in hairdressing from the age of, it would have had to have been about 11 or 12. What so, was the interest? Well, a super fussy kid yeah, to begin okay. with, like okay. always aesthetic based. Yeah. So from a young age, I was big into hair, big into like style, even if it was just like a school uniform yeah. or something like that, right? So super fussy from that. And um, I guess like being an only child, um, I didn't have that, I guess that kind of like older brother type figure in yep. my life, you know, again, being pretty introverted. Yeah. And I think my first experience um, or my first interaction with someone that I kind of seen as, um, I guess, like an older brother figure yep. um, was actually my barber. And I would have been about 12 at this point. Yeah, um, and that was, it was really cool. So he actually, I think, I think that kind of, that interest in the industry stemmed from genuinely that interaction that I had with with this guy, his, his name was Michael, and I he, I don't I don't I doubt he would remember me. I think we crossed paths like when I was about twenty, and he actually did remember me. He's gonna reply me. back to this. On it would YouTube be funny. Be like, I'd be oh. very I'll be surprised, but um, but anyway, you know, he, he kind of took me in. I used to go go up to like the local shops, um, and he was the first one to give me a cool haircut and actually take me seriously. Yeah, cool. like prior to that, it was just like me being a young kid getting taken like to the hairdresser by mum, getting my sideburns yep. cut up half side of my head. I was gonna say, what um, was the style? What style were you getting? Yeah, at that point, it was uh, we're running, we're running some pretty heavy gel at yeah, that point. Yeah, um, so it was yeah, like a short back and sides with you know the twist spikes and that type of thing. But I did it pretty well. I, Are I we gonna to bring that so. back? So Do we bring that back. I'm trying to phase it out. I love but, it. Um, yeah, so that was, that was my first experience. I used to really look forward to going to see him. Um, I don't know, he's just a cool dude. And like, we used to chat, we used to chat about girls and that type of thing. And like, you know, I was still pretty shy at that point, but he used to hook me up with cool haircuts and, um, yeah, I guess that's where, where my interest stemmed. And then through high school, um, again, still at Adelaide, still in Adelaide at this point, um, you know, I was the first one out of my mates to typically most hairdressers would probably have this in common. Started cutting my friend's hair, started yep. cutting my own hair through high school, that type of thing. Uh, during that period, it was all about, well, for me and my friends, all about the emo fringes and all that yep. type of scene. Been there. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. And then, and then, I mean, anyone in the industry over 10 years would, would resonate with this, um, the hairdressing was never really a cool thing to get into as a guy, like going back 10, 15 plus years ago, right? Yeah. So through high school, I also was interested in graphic design. Yep. So I followed that throughout like later years in high school, um, studied that for a little bit at TAFE. Awesome. Um, all while kind of pushing to the side that I actually wanted to do hairdressing, right? Yep. So studied that, studied design for a year and then pretty much just got up and left one day and got into hairdressing um at about 19 um I'm 31 now yeah so i studied did a year course similar to like you know what you guys run here yep um which is really cool for me to now be uh a part of Absolutely. on the other side of that right because yeah. that's kind of full 360 personally it's ch- it changed my life doing that course it was yeah. really cool um and then yeah basically worked my way through the hairdressing industry through finished my apprenticeship through a salon in adelaide 
um, someone called Portobello. Uh, Richard Tucker was my boss. So he was, he was awesome. He was another really strong male figure in my life that yep. kind of guided me through some of those first early years of hairdressing. Um, yeah, and then, and then kind of transitioned probably more so into cutting, cutting focus, uh, then eventually into owning my own shops. Yeah, so worked through the small business grind for several years before moving here to the coast. Living, living the dream, right? Yeah, the yeah. Small business grind. Absolutely. Yeah, I know, which yeah. we all really want to achieve. Which yeah, is, it's, it's aged me about a decade. Yeah, I know. Hey, same, mate, John mm. Club. I used to look young. That's why yeah. I have to have baby face <laughs> So people think I'm out. All right, let's let's talk about the the one thing which I was really interested about is hearing people's kind of experience with the first shop that they went into, right? Like mm. Brooke was like on our previous podcast, the first shop was like so different to her second shop. One hundred percent. Like so, it's first very, shops are special as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're the worst ones by far, but um, they yep. just have that I don't know that special place in your heart, I guess. So yeah. Because I know you're like, and this is what I think the students love about you as well as what obviously we find very good about the way that you're educated in. You know, like what you're very passionate about. You know your skill set, yeah. if that makes sense. And yeah. you're like, I want to teach that. Like, I'm so passionate sure. about that. Yeah. How was that? I mean, did you have that when you first started? And is that something which the salon kind of bled into you? Or was it just something on the side where you're like, I'm really interested in this, but I've got to do this to yeah, kind of well, blend in with the actually, salon. That's a really interesting question because I would say I've always had my niche, yep. even from before I was, you know, actually working in a salon. Yeah. So but even when I was studying, I knew what I liked, I liked what I liked, and I kind of essentially just wanted to do that. But through through studying hairdressing, um, you know, you've got to you've got to fulfill the full spectrum of hairdressing, yep. right? So you can't get away with just doing your kind of small slice exactly. of what you're interested in. And I mean, that didn't make sense to me at the start, right? I only wanted to do what I wanted to do, pretty stubborn, pretty tunnel vision, right? Yep. But I was forced into having to do, you know, every area I had to do uh, like color, styling, like anything from. Um, which is funny if people, people wouldn't picture me doing this type of thing now because of the type of work that I do and yep. the business that I've had, but you know, even like round brush blow dryers, setting hair, perming, yep. right. Uh, classic foiling, yeah. uh, blow dryers. <laughs> and, um, and I couldn't be more grateful for having to have gone through that because it's rounded me out skill set wise. Yeah. Now later in my career, fast forward through businesses and 10 plus years later, now that I do have a niche, yep. um, not only can I bring uh, a higher skill set to it, uh, I can essentially just round out, um, I guess round out the spectrum of what I can offer my clients. Yeah, and it's Absolutely. only it's only made me stronger in the area that, uh, you know, I've chosen to go down. Yeah, it's so it's a very interesting one that I try and tell this to students, and I think again, it's really helped that you've jumped on board mm. um, because you do say that it's like, yeah, well, the the cert three which we teach hairdressing or barbering, mm. we have to stick to guidelines on that. Yeah, but I would like to think as a college, I had this conversation again today with somebody. It's like what we do is way above and beyond what the package has to do. Like for me, yeah. Think about the night class that we teach together. Almost <laughs> unexpectedly so. A hundred percent. Even for myself coming on, I, I was quite impressed by 
like the curriculum that you teach yeah. here just based on i mean it reminds me of the way i started i assumed just coming to like a typical like uh, just viewing a barber colleges as they generally are um it's usually a very short course it's usually very specific and yep. it doesn't it doesn't really tick many of the boxes that are actually involved in the, the actual craft of hairdressing exactly. itself so it's probably one of my favorite things about this academy here actually in the curriculum so I love yeah, that. It's pretty That's impressive. good feedback. Yeah. And I haven't paid him to say that, believe it or not, which is True. fantastic. Yeah. So I probably should have. Well, now I'm going to have to, now, <laughs> aren't I? So, all right. One thing I asked mum, again, I am not saying you've got the many years as mum has. Like it was all black and white when mum was doing hairdressing. Um, I, only, I only caught the last little, uh, the last little bite of that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But enough to kind of, yeah. So what, what, are, What's kind of your major things which you think has changed in the industry from when you started to what you're kind of seeing? Now, I know we speak about this all yeah, the time. Yeah, many things. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe narrow it down to like three things which you're For like, sure. oh, yeah, that kind of sticks For out. For sure. And I'm kind of thinking on the fly here, but yeah. I'll do my best. But I, I was I was, um, I was, was weirdly having a conversation with a client today just in the shop. Um, and he was not in the field of hairdressing. He was in, the, I think, the IT business, right? But he'd yep. been doing whatever he's been doing for like 20 years. And we were talking, and I've been doing, you know, 10 plus years in the industry. And I was saying, if, you've doing, if you're doing anything, any craft, any job, any career for like 10 years plus, you see a certain evolution of it. Yep. And you almost see, after the 10-year mark, you not only see an evolution and a change, um, but you see, you almost start to see the pendulum start to swing back. Yep. Right? And it's really, really weird. You can't, you can't, foresee that when you first start out absolutely um so i mean it's changed it's changed heaps i guess the most obvious point would be uh now everything's really barber focused yeah right and as i mentioned um about you know my progression uh through getting into hairdressing where 10 plus years ago wasn't seen as a cool thing to do mm. in fact it was like the opposite of a cool thing to do yeah uh hairdressing was like a backup plan absolutely right? and, and typically for you know guys in general yep. it, it, if you're going into hairdressing it wasn't it wasn't seen as i guess yeah like a like a cool thing to do so um so the focus has changed the perception on the job and the title itself has changed um yeah i would say i would say the training itself has changed quite a bit as well yeah yeah i would as well yeah i would 100 percent like from the outside looking in mm. i would say that massively and that's one thing which we are trying to change here trying trying our yeah. best anyway question you just mentioned it then what's it like being a male in the hairdressing industry it's actually a lot of fun yeah yeah i would say i would say it opens you up to um it opens you up to different energies probably that you commonly wouldn't get uh, in your typical trades absolutely right as a guy absolutely. um but again like segue into how that's helped me round out as just just a person in general yeah. as well as a hairdresser um but it, it basically forces you into uh coming up as a teenager through high school and even in your early 20s you're pretty specific about the people you put yourself around right you've got your small group of friends you've got your small school that type of thing yep. going to the hairdressing industry you're now coming into contact not only contact but one-on-one -on -one contact in a service base like yeah. uh <laughs> you know so you've got to accommodate not only male and female um but also all age groups all professions kids families and you essentially become and i find that this is this is different to uh 
the barbershop kind of uh, client relationship. Whereas in the hairdressing, it's like because you are seeing both male and female, old and young, that type of thing. Um, you really do become part of people's uh, people's lives. Absolutely. Um, and and it, it sounds so cheesy, but it but it is the case. You know, when you've been in the salon long enough or had a client base for long enough, you always become a part of like the family, yeah. right? You start seeing all that. They start bringing all their network to you. Yep. Uh, you start, you get to know each other, see each other once a month, once, once every couple of weeks or whatever. Yep. Um, and you really, you really form like a, a cool relationship with your, with your clientele and, and I guess, and their network. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's an interesting point, I think. That's something that I've enjoyed out of the industry. And yeah. From, again, from an outsider looking in, I know a lot of people, I think personally, give males a lot of stick for being hairdressers. Yeah, right? for sure. But it's funny, I spoke to somebody today about it, and I'm not going to say that person so she doesn't get in trouble. But she said to me, she goes, My preference would be to have a male hairdresser, right? Yeah, yeah. And I said, Oh, why is that? And she goes, Well, like they know what they want to see if that makes sense they're like girls would go oh yeah that that could look all right but she was saying that's a guy going that would suit you massively for sure and some girls want to hear that they want to go like oh well that's a guy you saying you'd look amazing yeah 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 i don't know like face frame or something like that like like what we were just literally speaking about so yeah it's it's a very interesting point because an outsider looking in i go what a sleet but then uh, it's not it's like yeah that makes so much sense like it's the same as i suppose i mean i remember like i'd always used to ask girls oh how do you think i should do my hair yeah but i'd never go to a girl barber you know also (laughs) a side note from that as well like segue into this though from that um is that it's also a really nice angle to you you genuinely develop like platonic uh connections with your female clientele as well as your male yep. clientele um but it's a really cool angle like it's it's really nice just to have uh you know a clientele a mixed clientele Absolutely. um and kind of i don't know how you, you end up talking to your clients about things that you probably wouldn't talk to about your, with your own friends and your own family and that type of thing and likewise especially with them to you yeah um so there's something about there's something about the hairdresser to client relationship that's uh even kind of like transcends like uh male and female kind of interaction or male to male it's just like it's it's kind of a it's an isolated relationship absolutely uh, and i think that's really cool and it's like it's yeah it's nice it's nice to get a different perspective as well i think from the clients and as a male hairdresser um yeah you've got to you've got to break down a few boundaries and uh, break down a few barriers and that type of thing and um you know you face a little bit of judgment definitely yeah. like in 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 the earlier years for sure um but I mean, that's kind of what makes it cool, I think. So, I mean, I you know. find it funny because, like, we've had Zoe and um, uh, Ruby on your. Ruby was our first guest on it. I asked exactly the same thing. I was like, "What's it like being in an industry which is massively male dominated?" Mm. And it's funny. It's, it, because- it's, it's funny actually. Sorry to cut you off, but it's no. it's now the same thing. It's actually the pendulum swung, and it's, and it's yeah, exactly. as you're probably about to say, but it's it's the same for now. Females going into yep. the barbering industry, which is now more and more starting to get into, which is really cool. Which is why I think it's actually all coming back to the unisex salon. Um, But now they're, I believe they're facing their version of that. They're being like females in the barbering industry are facing their version of what it used to be like for a male going to the hairdressing industry. Absolutely. Being predominantly like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Run by females. I don't want her to cut my hair. I don't want him to cut my hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, 
I mean, especially as like a a young a young guy in his early twenties, piercings, <laughs> like skinny kid, black hair, yeah, like, and then you're working in a high end salon with like, say, you know, cashed up, like slightly older women, yeah, right. It's like. I mean, you're facing a you're facing a, a diverse boundary just there. So having to kind of like break through that, it really kind of helps you hone in on your, uh, I don't know, your social skills and your social intelligence and that yeah. type of thing, and helps you develop as a person. But you got to confront a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. It gave me a load of like, I know it sounds stupid, but I was very shy. I had no confidence whatsoever yeah. growing up. It's like around my mates and stuff. Yeah, For it was sure. sweet, but. Yeah. Random, I could never go up to a girl and talk to her unless I was extremely pissed and stuff like uh, this, yeah, right? Yeah, but starting to cut hair, yeah. And I mean, I did personal training for five years, and still, I was like, if there was a girl client, I was like extremely awkward because sure. I just I couldn't relate to anything uh-huh. they were relating to. And then when I started cutting hair, it was like, like I can cut a girl's hair now, and I would just be like, as if I'm talking, yeah, yeah, which is crazy. And I but- think, I think, um, I think it's something about the the act or the service of cutting someone's hair or, or styling someone or, or improving someone's aesthetic, right? Because yeah. there's a certain level of uh, awareness and empathy that has to go into that and a certain level of connection you've got to have with the client, yeah, right? And it's like it, that that in itself breaks down boundaries and you kind of allow, it allows you to connect with your client. Um, yeah. And then you're able to just see each other and speak to each other as... Um, yeah, as hairdresser to client, right? And those Absolutely. kind of insecurities or uh, awkwardness or anything like that that we generally face like uh, on day-to-day in just general interactions, that kind of is, uh, you know, put to the side. Yeah. So that's one thing I've found as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got an interesting question. Yeah. Which I just thought off the top of my head as all of my questions are. Um, so are my answers. Yeah, I know, Exactly. So one thing which I think struggles in the barber industry, again, I'm not blaming the barbers, but a lot of that client interaction where I know you're very good at it with your consultation and Mm. you'll go, I think this will work. And a lot of the time the the client will go, I trust you. you. For sure. sure. Do it. it. And that's one thing that like, probably my favorite thing to hear in general um, is, is I trust you. And I hear that, I hear that quite a bit like through my clients and it's, uh, it's, I guess it's not only the way you carry yourself, but that kind of ties back into kind of having that social awareness, that empathy and being able to be comfortable in a certain scenario, Absolutely. be confident in what you do. Um, so the, I know one thing which I would love you to explain yeah. is how do you get your clients to trust you with what you say, right? I've heard you speak to clients, obviously, so yeah. I, I know yeah. why they do, but what's, what would be kind of one of your tips advice whatever in your consul uh con- consultation process to kind of be like yeah mm. trust me i know what's good for you that for sure sense. no it definitely makes sense it's it's a hard one to break down yeah and simplify because it's actually it all comes into interaction and communication and communication is nuanced yeah right and it's different for everyone um and i feel like you know through many channels you can find your own brand of communication your own style of communication people to communicate with but through hairdressing that's definitely um it's definitely a job or a service that basically you're forced into doing yeah right and to be a successful hairdresser or barber like, you have to be good at that absolutely um because you know half half the job is the craft and half the job is you know client retention and client management and just general social skills yeah um so i would say uh above all 
uh, it's confidence in what you're doing. Mm. Okay, so it's confidence in your skill set uh, and your general confidence in, um, I guess, being able to fulfill uh, your clients' like wishes, right? Yep. Um, I would say to gain trust, it's also listening. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to be able to listen, listen to your client. Uh, you've got to be able to put yourself in their shoes to a certain degree. Absolutely. Uh, keep in mind, you've got to be able to do this all over about 15 seconds. Yes. So I we're going exactly, quite yeah. in depth with this, right? Yeah. But like after doing this, this, this job or this service craft, whatever, for so long, it's like you cannot, you develop the skill and it is really important part of the, part of the job. You develop this skill, you'll be able to do this quite transparently yep. and quite quickly and quite naturally. Um, so almost to answer this question, it's I've almost got to backtrack, put myself back into my own shoes, maybe like five, ten years ago, yep. when I was that awkward young kid, 100%. stressing out in the back room, stressing out about every you know every client coming in, right? And you you do trans- transcend that eventually, um, but I would say the client the client needs to be aware that they've been listened to. To a certain degree, you've understood it. You can not only relay it back, but you can relay it back with some professional like uh, direction on top yep. of that. Yeah. So, for example, if someone comes in, I can generally pick up straight away uh, whether they're someone that is looking for direction, yep, um, or they're looking to uh, you know take the lead a little bit. Um, and either way, regardless of of those those two angles i can i generally direct it back into me kind of uh taking the lead yeah uh, because essentially that's what they're there for and it's like a good analogy for that is like uh, i mean it's hard to compare these two professions but you know you don't go to a doctor and prescribe your own medication exactly right hypothetically it's yep. like and it's the same with hairdressing it's like why would why would a, a bricklayer uh or a nurse yep. come and see you and tell you what length or what style to cut their hair like it, it just it, it just genuinely doesn't make sense Absolutely. um so once you get that into your head and that was something that you know i was i was fortunate enough to have really really good training um going through my hairdressing apprenticeship yep. i worked for a really good salon with a really good boss and we trained on a lot of consult we did mock consultations all the time um yeah we did so much we did so much more training and in-depth um training than just genuinely like generally haircutting yeah isn't that uh, and that's something that is I, i'd like to bring back yeah absolutely. Um, because it, it's it's what sets you apart from you know in the industry uh, and definitely sets you above uh i guess this new kind of wave of uh quick fix barbering and you know that type of thing yeah so the the, the the reality of it the reality of the situation is um you know you can't learn a craft um, and quite a hard one at that. It's, I mean, it's not an easy craft. And you, Absolutely. And you can't learn all of these nuanced ideas in the space of a six-week course. Yep. You know, you can get a taste of it for sure. But this is something that I've developed over years. I would never have seen myself like, um, you know, for the first six years of hairdressing, I would never have seen myself owning a shop. I, w- I wouldn't even place myself there. Yeah. I was still doing the, the bare bones. I definitely wouldn't have seen myself educating, mm. you know. I'd go to a lot of seminars, but I could never sit, put myself in their shoes, seeing myself in front of people. So it's something, that confidence, it, it genuinely only comes, like, um, with years of repetition and years of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations Absolutely. and years of just 
genuine like uh, practice at your craft and that type of thing so yeah yeah that's the one thing i really worry about is you know you, you get a lot of people going like oh hairdressing's easy mm. and i'm like it's oh. because a good hairdresser makes it look easy exactly right and it looks fun and it is fun yeah it's a fun job it's still hard yeah here's a question for you yeah give me and i think i i kind of know what your answer will be but i'm, I'm interested okay. to hear so I think a lot of people think hairdressing is easy because people put up 30 second reels yeah. of them going from like looking like that tree to <laughs> looking like Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And it's like, it took 30 seconds. It yeah. was amazing. I mixed something yeah. in a bowl and then like that. So I think a lot of people do think that. I mean, 100%. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very, very interesting one, but. And that's, and that's, I guess they don't see the back end of it, which we certainly do, which yeah. is the under, other end of that camera. There's about. 45 tint bowls the salon's a mess we've been here for six hours yeah no lunch no 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 yeah doing it for free to get content um you know that's that side of things to provide that insight into the industry but yeah that's obviously that's going to create and that's that's the i guess that's the downside or, or one of the downsides of like uh you know social media platforms and yeah the way they kind of distort how much work goes into things. And yeah, absolutely. Thing. But it's I still cool to see change. that. I think it'll change. Mm, I think so too. I think it's starting to see a little bit of a change already. Yeah. All right, I mean, com- you go on. No, I was going to say, I mean, anyone who has taken the course that I've seen so far gets a pretty, uh, yeah, I mean, it, wean- it weans out the people that are in it for genuinely because they want to be. Absolutely. Uh, and the people that are doing it just to jump ship onto something they may be perceived as a cool, th- a cool industry to become a yeah. part of in the fleeting moment and as soon as they kind of see the back end hairdressing um i'll have a conversation like we're having yeah, now for like, two Whoa. seconds they kind of get a bit of an awakening so yeah yeah absolutely i know i mean i remember being in the college with mum when she was training back home when i was like 10 years old and i always thought and again i never admit this to mum but i was like geez what a cool industry but there was no there was no guys in that industry like no. there was no guys in the class it was all girls and I was kind of thinking, well, how can I go into that? It's obviously just for girls kind of yeah. thing, um, which I'm glad I didn't go into. But now that's all I want to do is really go into that, which yeah, is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that comes with age. Anyway, completely off topic. Let's go. Um, so you've spoken about opening up your own shop and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Why did you do that? For yeah, a start? Good question. And what's your what was your experience with opening the shop i know obviously but i'd love you to share your story yeah yeah. i mean you've shared it already you've only been here a couple of months you hear how many students go as soon as i'm qualified i'm opening up a shop i'll do this i'll do that so yeah i and not that i would advise against that i would just advise maybe thinking into it a little bit more because of my own experience and mine's a pretty i guess i went i went the detour version of like the types of shops that i opened uh the way i went about it Mm -hmm. um I mean, to start the reason why, like why I started, why I opened my own shop, uh, going back into, you know, having your own style or having your own niche and that type of thing. Um, I always was cutting focused, right? Yeah. I was always unisex. I always, I guess through that attracted uh, a slightly younger, probably more alternative style of hairdressing. Mm. Okay. So it was something that didn't fit in to barbering. And it definitely didn't at the time fit into your general hairdressing salon, yeah. right? So I was always in this gray area, yeah. which ironically now the gray area, I feel like that's where it's coming that's back it. to this yeah. kind of like 
this 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 neutralized like uh unisex style of hairdressing which is so cool but at the time it didn't exist really there was probably a few people doing it but it definitely didn't exist with any existing salon in you know from where i was um so I guess after trialing, I, I worked for several people before I actually opened my own shop. So mm. I just put that out there first. It's like, before you make yourself successful, you've got to go through the ranks. You've got to yeah. help other people build, right? And then that's the payoff to them educating you mm-hmm. and you learning through them. Uh, and that's another thing that I think has been forgotten a little bit, yeah. right? So you can't, just, you can't just consume knowledge and then just go and be successful at something. There's, there's, yep. there's many steps in between. Absolutely. Right? And I, I did those steps and I went through, like I said, that year course, I trained through uh, clip joint. So we did Sassoon based training. So very technical style of hairdressing, um, worked for, would have been about at least four and a half years, uh, Portobello, uh, in Adelaide, which was, yeah, like a, like a nice high end hair salon. Um, again, lucky enough to have really good training through that. Then from there, I jumped, I jumped ship eventually, and I was ready to kind of like take a new angle um, and get more into, I guess, my niche, yeah, right, um, and just f- focus in on like, um, I guess, my angle of hairdressing, and I started working at a smaller salon, uh, a little bit more underground, yeah, uh, it was you know just a real hipster salon, a lot of uni students, a lot of hospitality workers, a lot of musos, that type of thing, it was linked to a cool cafe. Um, in like the east end of Adelaide, and that was a really cool experience. And that was um, I, that was where I really started doing really, uh, you know, cool colors, fashion colors, bleach outs, real edgy cuts. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, it was still unisex, which was which was really cool. Yeah. We just had one pricing system, right? So they were doing that. that. They were doing that back in the day. That was that's cool. cool. There was someone called Das actually. Um, so that was that was really cool. And then and then after. After I left DAS was when I took I took my first business lease, yep. um, which is my first business that I opened called Crooked, and that was that was the most interesting kind of I guess period earlier on that I had, and that was very character building, very eye opening. Uh, it was my first taste of small business, uh, building my own clientele, being responsible for my own clientele and my own business, my own income, and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and it was hard work and I, I probably had under $10,000 in my name at the time, yeah. if that, and I sunk it all into the business, right? I took, that. I took a sublease, um, I took a sublease off a little gin bar that yeah. had just launched, um, in Adelaide, uh, really, really cool space. It was a collective space. Um, it's all upstairs and it's kind of like warehouse style fit out mm-hmm. done really well, but off the gin bar, it was subdivided into three uh, subsequent areas and so that we had a um, alongside the bar we had a little food area um, next to that we had my two chair barber studio which was no bigger than half the size of this back room here yep. and then next to me on the other side of the wall um, cool in theory but not cool because I had bass coming through my wall 24-7 was a, like a like it's almost like an electronic recording studio <laughs> right and we used to pump like it used to go it was the coolest business. Yeah. And it used to, and we were all super young. We were yeah, all in our twenties, yeah. right? And I, I offset my hours at that business. I was trying to go for a different angle. I was like, wow, how can I, how can I make this popular? This mm. tiny little dingy space yep. upstairs, you know, inside a bar, um, no yeah. street site, no, no street view or anything like that. No walkthrough traffic. Yeah. Um, the bar wasn't really popular at the time either. 
So we all built that together. It was really cool. So I marketed that off mainly off Instagram. Yep. Um, the angle was there. It was a unisex cutting studio, right? Yep. Sounds a bit cheesy, but I had, you know, I wanted to go for something that was just honed into my niche that I did. Absolutely. Right? And I wanted to keep it both male and female. Um, I wanted it just to be cutting, yep. right? which is all I could squeeze into this little space anyway. Um, and I actually offset my hours. So I'd start, I'd take my first client on my good days at say 2 p.m., Yeah. right? I was partying a lot of the time, Yeah. right? I was linked to the hospitality team uh, scene. So um, I was kind of running on hospitality hours <laughs> yeah. there, which was interesting <laughs> as a hairdresser or a barber. So that was cool in itself. And that kind of, I guess that experience alone, um, working from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. throughout the week, working inside a bar, working with young demographic, that yep. type of thing, and having to really push my network and uh, build my social medias up and that type of thing and uh, just have my first experience of marketing something outside of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an interesting experience. And I had that for about three years before I moved on to my second business. But um, that was both successful, but being young and kind of ignorant to a lot of the small business kind of <laughs> turbulence, I probably didn't do as well as I should have out of it. Yeah. But what I gained from that was just, it was just a cool experience. Yeah, I yeah. know, exactly. Yeah. And there is a part of me which thinks I think that is the most important thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would agree now. Like, now in hindsight, yeah. after owning businesses, it's like, it is the coolest thing. Being able to flick through my iPad and kind of see those old photos of me. Like, in my first few days with the shonky fit out, yep. and just cool clientele. And, you know, it was really, it's really cool. Yeah. That, it's awesome. I mean, I'll, what I'll do, I'll send a picture to Pete of that space because I think people need For to see sure. that. Actually, I just came across one. Amazing. Yeah. So it's like, but what a cool concept. And again, this is stuff we speak about every mm. single time we catch up. Yeah. Is like, this place needs more stuff like that. Like For the sure. Gold Coast needs more stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really hard to make it work. You know, you've got to find the right people. Exactly. And I was fortunate enough. I mean, I can't take credit, credibility for coming up with that concept. That was something that I just got involved with. Yeah. Um, so I was lucky enough to work alongside people that were happy to have me and let me run, do my own thing with it. Yeah, it's so, so cool. But yeah, more so spaces cool. like that, I, they're going to bring more people together. Absolutely. And the hairdressing industry and barbering industry is such a social network. Yeah. And it can fit into anything like that. You know, we used to have guest tattooist there and that type of thing it was yeah, it was so a cool, cool. hub so uh, cool. it was a very interesting period of my life it's it's a funny one um again going back to what you were saying um about how you consult with people right that yeah my kind of first thing that i can remember like not being scammed but somebody like their consultation was amazing and i just went yeah yeah i love that right was a tattoo sure so uh, my back which is covered i had this massive idea of like a family tree and i was like i was gonna have the names of like my nephews and nieces my sisters and everything on my back don't know why i wanted a family tree but there you go i was just like that was my vision and i was like that would be so cool been talking to this guy for so long um came in and he was like <laughs> This is Dan as well, who he may listen to this. I'm not too sure. We'll share it with him. He owns his own tattoo shop now, but he was an apprentice at the time. Okay. Amazing. Super, super talented. And he's come in and he was like, um, yeah, I've been thinking about your family tree and stuff like that, man. And he goes, do you know what would look awesome? And he's like, a skull. And I was like, I went, skull. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've actually drawn one up. And he showed me it and I was like, 
shit that does look cool and i'm like but my personality and everything i ain't skulls yeah like it's so funny when people see it and they go like why a skull and i go funny story actually but that was the way that he was explaining it to me like how it would look in the end like we do this this, and this i was like oh, i'm all in yes 100 percent. so i remember going home and mum seeing it and she was like oh did you go with the family tree and i'm like not really it's just a big skull on my back which is hilarious but yeah it's amazing so leading into tattoos obviously you have one or two tattoos sure so a couple of things how was that seen in the hairdressing industry because when i was brought up just when mum used to educate again we're talking like 20 years ago yeah i don't remember seeing hairdressers with tattoos yeah it was always that clean they looked very professional like yeah so I, I guess like where i lie at the moment or, or when i first came into the industry was somewhere in between on the end of that and then where hairdressers like, were just like completely manicured and yep. right copy cut and that type of thing um and then before uh just going completely free will right yeah, so it. so it was definitely still and, and the favorite thing i like about the hairdressing industry is like you genuinely can uh, you have free reign to be and look however you Everyone, choose to, exactly. right? And and through that, the beauty of that is you attract like-minded and like-styled people. Absolutely. And that and you build cool network and clientele based off of like your own vibe, yeah, which is cool. Um, you know, and there's no real rules or regulations over how you present yourself, and so absolutely, that's that's a cool side of the job. It yeah, is, and that's why cool. it attracts like, you know it attracts a certain breed, the hairdressing industry, and generally creative yep. people, generally social people. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's cool. Mm. That's a very interesting one. Right, tattoos. Mm. What's your best tattoo? What's your worst tattoo? Okay. Um, I know this. Oh, this is a good one, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> my, I wouldn't say, I'd say for, for humor's sake, my worst tattoo, which you can no longer see, um, is covered under, and actually, actually, <laughs> good segue into my first shop because it was done at my first shop on a, yep. I think we had like a launch night or promo night or something like that. And uh, so it was done on the inner bicep, which is now blacked over from another design. Um, but I was supposed to get tattooed, I reckon, about 7 p.m. first up. And it was a flash sheet. And uh, I think I had this really cool kind of like black work vase picked out. By the time I got tattooed, it was probably about 11 p.m. Love and that. I was pretty slaughtered by then, yeah, right? I was going to say, it right. would have been so, so bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I changed my mind. By the time I got on the kneel, I actually picked, I picked like a like a live nude stripper neon sign, <laughs> right? And so that was kind of, yeah, yeah so that, that was, was one amazing. of my first ones on the inner bicep there. So that was, I wouldn't even say that was a bad tattoo. It's genuinely one of my favorite tattoos. Yeah. But it just, over the course of me getting tattooed more and a certain kind of theme arise, yeah. uh, it just, it clashed too much. Yeah. So, Stood out, um, yeah. Favorite tattoo. Hmm. Favorite tattoo. It's, it's interesting because anyone who's got like multiple tattoos or was quite heavily tattooed, uh, we generally find that they all kind of have a certain different Absolutely. angle. Not necessarily they have to have meaning, but they kind of they're a point in your life that you got them right. Yeah. And so when you when you when you quiet tattoo, they actually show you almost like a story or a progression Absolutely. of your life. And it's really interesting. Yeah. And it almost tells tells your own story, right? It, to yourself, it's it's very yeah. like my tattoos are kind of you know some are just uh, I guess a bit more random and aesthetically based but some like have a certain meaning to yeah. me so I would say to be honest like my favorite tattoos would probably be my tarot cards on my yep. on the front of my on the front of my shins yeah um 
yeah, that would probably be some of my favorite ones. That's cool. At the moment, I'm kind of really into like scratchy black work stuff. So some of my like uh, my head tattoos and that type of thing, just thick, bold lines and quite organic. Yeah. Um, some of this stuff and some of my blast overs on my arms. So that's what I'm into these days yeah, rather than cool. like uh, anything overly manicured or curated. Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that funny how like I find that's happening in hair as well? Like, you know, when I first, again, I shouldn't do this. It is. But I'm going to send Pete a picture of how I used to get my hair done. As yeah. you've seen, my blonde yeah. locks. Thanks, mum. So something like that, where I used to straighten my hair. I used to make sure every single yeah. strand of hair was perfect, yeah. right? Yeah. And now I'm completely opposite. If it looks perfect, I'm like, oh, no, this looks Hard, shit. Yeah. I'm like, I want to make it look messy, like we always speak about. So I mean, a good kind of like linking to that is something that i'm really about with my cutting how i like to explain it the style if i have to try and simplify it's like cut to wear styles yes absolutely right styles that are organic they're really well executed but they're lived in and natural and they you know they still have that crispness to them and yeah. that sharpness to them um and that execution but they just kind of they just look a little bit like got a bit of grit to them as well and i think that's where that's where hair's going for both guys and girls and i think that's kind of like I think that's why you know i hate kind of saying this where where the mullet is so like popular at the moment yeah and even like the shag cut and stuff like yep. that um it's because it's just something that's so against your typical groomed like 50s style hair absolutely uh, which absolutely. was in only a few years ago by yeah. the way so that you can see how quickly the the styles have changed from like side parts slick to uh you know gritty salty mullets and that type of yeah. thing so yeah what's, what's your style, style for 2022 uh, my style just in general, uh, and this will, I will take this to my grave is the nineties middle part undercut. Yes. And, um, unfortunately I don't have a thick hairline anymore, but if I did without a doubt, and I still try and talk people into it, it's, it's, it's not style that you see getting around too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, a, just the mad undercut with a, with a middle part straight down the center and yeah, that's yeah. Sick. It's that like, so cool. almost Maybe like, we should grow that. almost I'll like, yeah, I was that. thinking about it. Even like, you yeah. know, kind of like inspiration you know 90s grunge yeah like i'm down with that i like it. i like all different styles but uh, cool. i would say that would be my favorite yeah what's coming in um that was my next question yeah what's coming in <laughs> is uh i would say again we're going we're going more back and it's following the kind of pendulum going back into more salon based services and i think it's um you know i think it's more scissor cutting more mid-length more long hair on guys um, even if guys like to wear their hair short, even if it's like, you know, a low fade or a low undercut or clean around the ears, I think there's still that element of uh, length and texture and looseness to the styles. Yep. Uh, and it's, again, it's that, it's that connection between, you know, classic, well-executed barber techniques and that creative element that can only be kind of developed through like hairdressing techniques. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's where, the, that's where the connection is and that's where you know, all top barbers and hairdressers at the moment, they understand this and they kind of implement it. So that's what I try to do too. I love it. So, all right, last part, I promise, yeah, right? So we can easy. go and do work. I'm on fire. Um, all, all right, cool. So <laughs> let's hear goals for 2022. Yeah. And then maybe let's go Wicked. two and five years. Let's just say that. What's your yeah. kind of goals, right? Okay. Personally and career. Well, wise. I mean, this is, a, this is an interesting one for me and hard for me to kind of answer in a short version. Yeah. Uh, and for a good reason, because there's just, I mean, and, and credit to you and, uh, you know, 
I do appreciate kind of like coming on board here is just there's so many different lanes and opportunities that have yeah. opened up. And it's like going from like spending, you know, 110% of my life energy and resources and money on, you know, one isolated business, mm. uh, you know, which is essentially like, if I'm being honest, business, it's not my strong suit. Yeah. Right. So I spent a lot of time and resources kind of like putting into something that is probably not, yeah, not what I'm strongest at. And now, uh, you know, given the chance to kind of disconnect from that and, and you know, bite the bullet for, a, for finding a new direction within the industry, um, you know, I've been able to kind of explore areas such as education, which is primarily my focus now. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I've wanted to get into a few, few years, but I haven't had the, the time to do it um, or the energy to do it or even the platform yeah. to do it like I do here with you. So, um I would say I would say for this year I'm doubling down in education, yep. um, and just collaboration. Mm. Like I'm really about collaborating with people that are on the same wavelength. Um, not necessarily people that have the same skill set, but even even more so people that have different skill sets. Yeah, but absolutely. we have similar visions. Um, so it's uh, this year is going to be a really a really cool, fun, creative year, as opposed to some stagnant business years that I've experienced recently. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I goal for this year would be to develop uh, develop myself through the education lens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to kind of help expand the academy here. Yep. Um, I really see myself moving, as we've spoken to. Absolutely. Um, you know, down south, like down Byron Way. Yep. Um, and setting up something really cool there, uh, something, some sort of collaborative space, something that's education based. Um, and just essentially an extension of the academy here. Yeah. So that's where I'm at at the moment. And through that, I mean, we've already seen uh, people, other people come on board, Absolutely. other people in the industry. And, yeah. you know, you've made a lot of really cool connections lately as well that, you know, are going to benefit the whole academy and that type of yeah. thing, everyone working here. So I'm really interested to kind of just, yeah, get on board that. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm cool. at at the moment and just kind of, yeah, look at a new area of the industry and kind of like spend a bit of time in the education area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. I said this when mum came on the podcast because she was like, oh, I'm really like thankful because she can now start reining back the hours a little bit instead of this, yeah. right? And same way you were saying like, oh, I'm thankful that you can do, well, we can do that without you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. the, not just you yourself all of our educators and this is what i try and say all the time it's like yeah we're doing really cool stuff as a college but that's because of you guys like i can have great ideas yeah but without the team behind me going mm. i can help with that yeah or i can do this i can do that like this thing doesn't do anything well, like for sure same as what you said yeah. that you were so open like i'd love to move to byron all right cool well, let's yeah. open one in byron well i guess like so. <laughs> it's just it's nice just being able to disconnect from say a bricks bricks and mortar yeah, style absolutely. setup and and just keeping myself light and creative yep. for the first time in a while again. Um, and just kind of um, weird hearing myself say this, but just kind of go with the flow, yeah, right? And just go where opportunity takes and where lanes open up. Um, and, you know, on the, on the other end of, you know, what you just said about it doesn't work without us here. It's like, it's, it's, it's vice versa with yourself. It doesn't, you know, I can't have that creativity and uh, that opportunity and that kind of uh, transparency and, um, without a strong platform yeah and that's that's how the two work together yeah so both, both sides are important so yeah um and that's why we work well together cool yeah. personal goals personal goals for this year um i'm going 
Because I know you're yeah, smashing I, your training, which yeah, I yeah, love. I, I, I'm, I, I'm back training that. again. I, I had a, yeah. I guess through kind of the last murky COVID years, probably like yep. fell off the wagon a little bit and just trying to keep business afloat and myself personally afloat yep. as well. Um, yeah, to be honest, I like, I'm looking to get back into grounding myself through some through some fitness and training and yeah, kind of looking that. into really exploring getting back into some like more holistic style uh meditation and yes yeah, uh and breath work and stuff like that so uh and just kind of like just honestly just meeting new people and like having yep. some different experiences in, in new places so um yeah that's kind of just just getting getting my kind of personal life back on track and filling the cup up there absolutely is where i'm at at the moment that's sick yeah i love it and just yeah obviously just kind of um just enjoying educating enjoying running classes and yep. meeting people through that as well like i really enjoy it no it's cool so. it's 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 great to see and again i say from an outsider looking in even though i own the college but mm. just seeing already the students who you've connected with and yeah. it's like that's so cool because i remember when i was studying and it's like if i seen the trainer in the street now i don't even think i'd say hello to them because they treated me like absolute crap you know sure. what i mean like and that's the thing as well which i love it's like I could, I could go and have a drink with any of these guys. Yeah. And I love that. And I think you feel exactly the same. It's like, yeah, like I get along with them on that level as well. Yeah, we are education. We're teaching them correctly and stuff. Yeah. But there is that like we are human beings. Yeah. And we can have and that I, interaction as well, which is you know, superb. And I think um, a good story to finish on just to kind of tie all that in. Um, and it's kind of taken, taken me back through the timeline to the first salon that I worked at. Um, having having uh, my boss at the time he ran a really tight operation at this salon and um yeah he was it was it was pretty hard but fair and he was really cool to work for um but he pretty much raised me in the in the hairdressing yeah uh, game you know and uh i was like young i was had a lot of energy i was probably a little bit off the rails at the time at the same time but you know i really threw myself into my work as well yeah. i really enjoyed it but you know i was probably like a bit of a naughty kid and um you know, he used to always say to me, we used to have like one of my meetings all the time. Um, he used to have that with all the staff. And he used to always say, he goes, I know you're going to have your own salon one day. And I can never see it at the time. Yeah. He goes, I know you're going to have it. He goes, I know it doesn't make sense what I'm telling you right now. I'm trying <laughs> to pull me up, which was all the time. Um, look, I doubt he'd ever see, me, he'd see this, but if he did, he'd just laugh. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, he was always at me. It's not going to make sense right now, but it will one day. It will yeah, one day. that's cool. Now, after my second shop, we actually, unfortunately, you know, I disconnected from that shop like we had a little disagreement um as you do after Which a few happens. years right yeah. i went my own direction he went his um and i never really got to thank him properly for and i never really understood what he put into me at yeah. the time i was too young at the time and too unaware Absolutely. and i it was probably we didn't speak for a while and uh, and then about three years later after, or four years later, even like I mean, even longer after I had my second shop, which was even harder than my first. Yeah. And that was when I bought on, you know, I did a, like a tattoo studio and a, and a salon collaboration with, with the tattoos at the time. So yep. we did like a joint business and that was a hard business. That was another, you know, series of lessons. And I bought on a couple of soul, uh, soul traders, right, to work under me. Yep. So it was the first time I had, the, you know, my first experience with having people in the business under me as, I guess, technically staff. And within the first three weeks, everything that he ever said to me, it came rushing back and it made sense. <laughs> and I hit him up. I messaged him. We were yep. friends. I don't even know if we we're friends on Facebook. I remember messaging big paragraph yep. just going, Love that. mate, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I said, oh, thank you so much. 
like I'm sorry how things ended. That's blah blah blah. That's I can't cool. even remember what I said. I went into detail, right? Yeah, and it all clicked for me. Um, and then I wasn't sure if I was going to reply for him or what. And I just get in caps locks, ha 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 ha, like, and that was it. And then he was just like, that. he was just like water under the bridge, mate. Yeah. All good. Like he goes, he, he even said, he goes, if you ever want to debrief, like, hit me up. Yes, yeah, I'm like, that's so cool. That's 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 cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Absolutely. And that's a part of being an educator, I think, is having that kind of that foresight into people, uh, you know, just to kind of provide them with 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 value and Absolutely. hope that it will come around eventually. So. I love yeah, it. So I that's that awesome. That is a good story yeah. to end on. I'm glad you yeah. did end on that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. No worries. Like Thanks I know we're me. doing so much stuff, which is great. Yeah. So Best and I, I want you guys to like interact with Kieran more because he'll be doing a hell of a lot more stuff this year as well. Yeah. We've got so many masterclasses and whatnot that's going on. Um, I'm just trying to think. I might be able to get Pete to put the calendar up maybe on here as mm. well to have a look and I, so. I promise i'm getting a i'm getting an education based social media up. yeah i love it um asap actually working on it this week so there's going to be heaps of free educational content so yeah we'll start pumping that out as well and we'll um, plug that on there as well yeah, i'll make sure yeah, pete yeah. tags kieran in and then we can start yeah connecting you guys with kieran yeah. via that as and well feel which, free to you know contact me via there as well i'm absolutely more than happy any questions anything you know that's kind of the whole point of platform that i want to create absolutely it's specifically to just provide content for people and uh, just a point of contact yeah so yeah i love it awesome again man right. thank you so much cool. thank you thank you guys for listening watching whatever you want see you all, all right. soon thanks guys see you Oh, that. Oh, that.